2: All right, we're back. Overtime on 106.7 The Fan and Odyssey app. Chris Naki, Donald Hankerson with you till 9 o'clock. Nat's coming on at 9 o'clock. First pitch, 9.35. Joining us now, Jimmy Pazos, Jimmy, former Division I head coach. Played a Catholic U back in the day, back in a long time ago back in the day, but currently does a lot of broadcasting, pre- and post-game for the Wizards on Comcast SportsNet. Uh, Jimmy, appreciate you coming on tonight, man. Give me a. By the way, okay, here, here we are. We're getting, uh, you know, I guess we're getting closer and closer to the end of the season, NBA draft this summer. What's on the wish list for you for the Wizards for for the for the draft?
3: Oh, I thought. Oh, hello, Coach Knocky. And by the way, me and Chris were at Maryland's practice yesterday. We talked about our love of the NBA. But I thought you were going with the Derby because I have a five, six, seven exact box in the Derby. With Messier number six winning it all, I thought I might as well get that out of the way early because it's Derby you know, weekend. Bobby. sounds like gold, man. Sounds like gold. Have you? Wait, have, you race, der- have you done the? Have you done can, the Derby? You know, it's funny, Chris. I've done it twice, and I actually been it with Junior Bridgman, who had all. You know, he has a big company that has like Ron Harper and all these guys were there. Jamie Fox, but listen to Junior you dropping Bridgman, names.
2: It took you thirty you know, seconds to start to drop names.
3: Hey, that's why you love me, Naki. But anyways, five, six, seven. My derby pick was six Messier winning it. What happened, Chris? Was I'm sitting there. And this is back when Under Armour was just, you know, we were, we were rolling. I was friends with Kevin Plank. I was still coaching. I happen to come and, you know, Brady's there and Aaron Rodgers. These guys all have tables. Anyways, we're up there, and I noticed all these really tall guys. have I've been around that, Naki. I mean, extra tall, right? So mm-hmm. I go over, Chris. And I find this fascinating story. And anybody listening, if you want your son or daughter to be like in business and use basketball to get a business going, look up Junior Bridgman from the Bucks. Chris, he had gone to Louisville. He had gotten involved with the Yum Brands, which is based in Louisville. Then all these NBA guys, some had gotten in trouble, was Junior Bridgman will get you out of it. And collectively, Chris, they own like a couple billion dollars worth of assets in like the Wendy's taco bell space, Kentucky fried chicken. It was the most fascinating five hours, Chris, because it really wasn't junior bridge. we remember he was a good player with the bucks. And I'm like, he's like, he's like, he lives in Atlanta now. This is not BS. It was the most interesting derby. For me, for that reason, and all these guys there. Was a lot of, and there was a lot of guys. And by the way, they all love Albert King because he does that in New Jersey. He, I think he's got like twenty Wendy's, right? Yeah, Chris? yeah, he does really, really,
2: really well. Jamal Mashburn, same
3: thing, uh, same sort I of. Think, a, I think. It, it, and I think, and mean, not to get off on the subject, but we'll talk about Lowry coming back and then being playing, and it's all great. But it was really fascinating, Chris, to hear these guys, and some of them. You know, because you know the Maryland thing, and then they're like, "Oh, I know Albert, or I know Block." And at this time, Joe Smith had been in the league a while, and Steve Francis, so you could get in there, right, Naki, and they'd listen to you. You know, just having a fun time. And David and Dana Pump were there, and they know everybody, so we got with Jamie Fox and the actors. But they were like, the single best thing to do is give Junior Bridgman your money because he gets more and more franchises. They return on the investment, and you own the property. It was really, really interesting to see to listen and learn and that was my favorite derby. Well,
2: on that point, you know, one of the one of the really great businessmen in America who doesn't get enough credit for what he does and what he has and what he's involved in is Shaq. Shaquille O'Neal is well, I mean, he has he's he's a he's absolutely Midas, King Midas. Everything he touches, I, you know, rings I think so. Chris, does he not get a piece of it? He won't do it unless he gets, like, a
3: small percentage. Isn't that true? I mean,
2: that's the story with the Ring doorbell, where he was, you know, he had somebody come out to his mansion in South Beach and give him a, you know, like a $25,000 estimate for an alarm system. He's like, no, no chance. So he finds this thing that kind of a nondescript thing that was being sold at Home Depot, Ring, the Ring alarm system. He said, this is perfect. This is exactly what what I need. He said he set it up himself. I, I'd, I'd like to see that, but he said he set right. it up himself. And then, and then ultimately, he liked it so much. He, he had his his uh, people get in touch with a guy who developed this thing, ring the the ring alarm system that now is is everywhere, uh, you know, and everybody's front door basically. And the guy ended up selling, you know, uh, years later. And Shaq said, "I don't. I'd like to do commercials for you. I don't want any money. I want a piece." And he got 50%, 55%, and then that company sold for over a billion
3: dollars to Amazon. Think of that. See, (laughs) these are the great stories. This is where you and I were talking about NIL, where part of that's good getting players. But maybe if you did something this, like where, why don't instead of just giving the players money, you teach them, not teach them, because that's not, because most, you know, kids are taking business classes and stuff. But almost like something to that extent, as opposed to just handing them money, I hope the NIL evolves, and this is why I should have come in because Chris Naki and I, by the way, listen to the DC Coaches podcast. It's fun. There's Gary Williams, Tap, and Gordon Austin, but we delve into these areas. And Naki, we could do a whole show on Magic Johnson's going to buy the Denver Broncos. Is that true? Is this going to happen?
2: I, uh, you know, that I think the the issue is obviously the the former owner Bolin passed away, and much like the Jack Kent Cook story here, that that. The Broncos are in a trust, I believe, and so
3: there are people. What does that, that mean? In order to cash out, you have to sell. Is that what that means? Yeah, and I don't
2: know why you didn't leave it to family. Um, you know, directly. You know, uh, but I, I don't know. It's a mess. And and we'll, we'll get to that. Let's get back to the NBA here momentarily.
3: Back, to, we're back so back to that. Now we're watching winning time, Chris and I, not to do steal well, the I'm hour, gonna... but me and Chris could do an hour. It starts. I didn't even know Jack Ken Cook, and I'm in the. I read the book Perlman, but I didn't know that Jack Ken Cook basically traded the Lakers in the forum to go get the Redskins, which was fascinating. And there's Jerry Buss. And now Magic learns from Jerry Buss how to become a businessman. And we talked about Junior Bridgman. And there's another side to this athletic stuff. And it's been fascinating to see. And uh, we'll see where the NIL goes with it. We will switch gears. How about Lowry and Embiid? We think they both play tonight, Coach Knott. Yeah,
2: well, uh, got ESPN on here silently, and Embiid putting the mask on right now. and. Obviously, we're at DEFCON 5, right, for the for 76ers. If they don't win this game, I mean, as it is, they're up against the wall. They're playing a really, really good basketball team in the heat. But if they don't win this game, it might as well, you know, he might, he might as well not play game four. But it's good to see him back. The NBA's got to love to see him back. He's the most likely the MVP. The other thing is he gives them a chance to prolong this series.
3: Yeah, and you and I were talking the other day, and I said this to some of the younger – sometimes the younger people don't get my jokes. I'm like, David Stern would be turning over in his grave, and they're like, what does that mean? I'm like, he was the king of game six and seven, whether it was the – you know, whether it was the Lakers versus Sacramento Kings or how to make the Lakers-Celtics go a little extra, the Celtics and Sixers for whatever it was worth and Larry Bird – think about it. It was just a coincidence that Larry Bird and Dr. J never played a series under six games, right, like except – because the year the Sixers went twelve and one, I don't believe they played the Celtics. In other words, Bird and Dr. J, Bird, Magic, Isaiah, Michael Jordan. This was a David Stern tactic, whether he was true or not. Ewing to the Knicks with the frozen, you know, envelope. But David Stern would never have allowed the Nets to get swept in four when it was the yeah, highest Yeah, exactly, rated
2: exactly. And,
3: I, and I'm, this is not conspiracy theories. These are just my theories, but I truly believe that there's a way to. Maybe make sure this happens so that doesn't. This, this is the highest-rated series, and they get swept. Well, the Heat and MB and I'm a Harden guy. I don't blame Harden. He's been passing the ball. Matisse Teibel, when I'm going, to the, I'm going to the combine in two weeks, he couldn't shoot then, He can't shoot now. But I like Tybel, But Maxey is really good. He can't shoot. Green's not making them. If they didn't give Curry up, I think the Sixers could win it all. I think Harden's playing fine, but he's kicking it to guys that can't shoot. Well, you have to make shots, but to go back to what you're saying, Chris, the Warriors, and thank God for the and I love the Warriors, Grizzlies. It reminds me a little of when Chicago was trying to fight Detroit. Definitely, they're not the bad boy Pistons, the Warriors, but now Curry and them, I love Curry. He's the, he's the face of the league. They're older. The young guys and the Grizzlies are coming, but that might go five or six. The Suns, to me, Chris, doesn't look like it has a chance to go far at all. Yeah. If MV doesn't play, you're talking sweep. And the Celtics, Bucks, both you and I have agreed, that could be the NBA champion. Whoever wins that. But what I'm saying to you is, when we grew up, Chris, or even we it used to Things seem to go longer series. We just had a Thursday and a Saturday with no basketball, you
2: know? I just mentioned that before you came on. The last thing the NBA wanted was a Saturday without a game. That's criminal in, in, in NBA marketing eyes. Hey, let me ask you a coaching question. So I'm watching this again, no sound on, but they're showing Embiid going through the layup lines, going through, you know, shooting jump shots. He's not wearing the mask even though he's going to wear the mask in the game, obviously you have to with a broken orbital, wouldn't you suggest to, and I don't know that you, you you got this kind of leverage with an NBA player, wouldn't you suggest to him that perhaps it's in his best interest to get used to the mask
3: to put the damn thing on? Yeah, you would kind of think so unless maybe he did that earlier. in the day. I did catch, you know, we're all catching reports. and full disclosure, I work with Under Armour and we've had an MVP in Curry. We're dying to see if we hope that the NBA announces that that Embiid is the MVP because he wears our shoes. Well, Embiid is, he beats to his own drum, but he's a very competitive. And I think it was great when he came out, he was very clear. I like playing basketball. I want to practice basketball and I want to win basketball, which was a direct shot at Ben Simmons. So maybe it's one of those things where Doc's like, you've made your statement all year that you know what you're doing. I wouldn't like, in other words, I'm not going to go tell him to put the mask on yeah. like, because it's he knows what he's doing he's not one of those you know well he's, guys a, that's a, he's load a management di- guy but he he's been he's a different guy but he he's a very bright guy but he has really had a monster year Chris because <laughs> if he plays I think the playoffs here's what I'm going to tell you Maki the heat I get it Duncan Robinson's cool Jimmy Butler there's no doubt he's, I coach, he's my kind of guy to coach but I think I, I kind of want to see the Sixers play the Bucks or the Celtics don't you I want well, the you're not, be- you're not enamored with that. You're not enamored with the Harden and Bead thing, right? No, no. I no, mean, we- I
2: think it's good for the league because it's, it's a star-based league. And and honestly, I think Harden's going to be better tonight because he's going to get more open looks. Yeah, they're, they've been they've been swarming him. They've been throwing two, three. Yeah, been like at
3: face guarding him. Yeah. you see him face guarding him. Yeah. Like nobody. I mean, I did that when I coached. It's probably why I don't coach anymore. But, um, <laughs> it, it, <laughs> well, or double, or triple team the guy. But yeah, they were kind of face guarding That's what I mean about making plays, but. You know, when that trade was made, they, they the Vegas odds moved. And, hey, it's here to stay gambling, so you judge stuff. They're pretty smart. They moved way to the top of the food chain when they traded for Harden. So, well, like, all it, of a sudden, and the, Heat, the Heat have done a fantastic job as a team. Yeah, They don't have a star. The last team, I don't remember a team without a star knock to win it since, I guess, maybe, I guess the Pistons when they had Ben Wallace and Tayshaun Prince wasn't really a star. But, like, it, I want to see Harden and, and Embiid go against – to and those guys, and the, the, I want to see Curry go against Chris Paul, and that might just do. I, you
2: know, I agree. And and uh, to me, the the Heat are like a a really fine stew that has been thrown together. It's been allowed to sort of, you know, sit on the stove for a while and get better over time. And they haven't thrown yes. in a lot of thrown in a lot of different new ingredients and stuff. It's you, you it's worth the wait, right? And then on the other hand, you get Philly, who with with all the 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 comings and goings right before the trade deadline, you know, basically you you're throwing a bunch of crap into the into the pot and thinking it's going to be great, right? You know, right away. And I just I don't I don't know that that anybody any team can really operate like that. A lot of you know, desperate. No, cars, I, you know? I,
3: that's why I wish they hadn't given up Curry. And I'm not just saying that because I know the family, but. He's really a good player. He's a good six-man. Curry played well last year for them in the playoffs. Yeah, he did. Yeah. He's the shooter they're missing, but he was also a continuity from last year in a good way. I don't know how that went down where they had to throw him in, but obviously the Nets were aware that maybe Simmons wouldn't play, so they said we want both Curry and Drummond. I wish they had Curry. I wish for a lot of things, but I wish they had Curry because they're just one player short. But he, I give, I'm giving you the interview, Naki. We got to give Doc Rivers more credit for keeping this thing together and getting them to even where they are. I think he's I mean, the most – Ben Simmons I, wasn't going to play. He couldn't make a layup last year. The whole team was turned on by the city, and but yet he's got him back there with a lot of different distractions. Tell me your thoughts on his coaching job. I, honestly,
2: matches.
3: I Jimmy, I'd go the exact
2: opposite. I think Doc Rivers should have done more. I think he's I think he's one of the more overrated coaches in the history of the NBA. Interesting. You know, he he Tell won. Me why. He won with the Celts with the Big Three, right? He, he's lost – I mean, he had Kawhi and, and uh, Paul George in and, and Clipper land. You know, I just don't I, – I don't know what he's done to earn the – um. And, and he's a wonderful guy. And I thought he was great on TV when he when he used to do games on TV. Oh, I'm he a Doc was,
3: fan. I've been a Doc yeah, fan yeah, as a player I growing mean, up in Boston when he was in and, the Hawks. I remember when he was the and,
2: and he's kept it together. I mean, you're right. He's kept Philly together. But talent also allows him. That's a talented team. I mean – and so he's got pieces. He's got guys. I just uh, I, and I don't know. Maybe I'm I'm being too harsh on. him. Yeah, you know it's funny at the end of the day, and I can
3: go either way. He did come in fourth with the best player in the league. I mean that's not yes. you know that's like yeah. It's it's interesting. It's just the Ben Simmons things, and I, and I think this. And look, I I don't have any crystal ball, but I don't think things are going to get better in New Jersey before a while. I think that's going to be a weird situation. I don't know what's going to happen. But I'm not sure. At least they got rid of Ben Simmons. Look, I'm sure he's a nice person. I'm a Bradley Beal guy. He's a great person. He watches the Ravens. He likes the St. Louis Cardinals. He's got brothers that play. He coaches AAU. He's a fascinating guy. He can score the ball. He's a world of joy to be around Bradley Beal, plus he scores the ball. This guy is about the polar opposite. I've never got any good vibe from Ben Simmons. I just don't like his game. I don't really even know what he does. I just, he just, I don't vibe on that guy. What do you think happens with the Nets and him? How, uh, that's that, a good how qu- do you think that plays good, out? Yeah,
2: good question there. And uh, there, there's a lot of things to play out. And, and not the least of which, you mentioned Doc. You know, there's a lot of people who think that Doc may be headed to Los Angeles to coach the Lakers at some point. If that's the case, does Jay Wright step in for the 76? There's so many dominoes.
3: I to would f- love to see uh, Jay Wright. I needed a little break. Oh, I took three months off. I'm good. Yeah, I'll take exactly. My money in the and coach the best. I'm team not in the burned out. I'm not NBA. burned out
2: anymore. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and maybe Jay left. <laughs> you know, since we're talking Jay, let's go let's drop down a level. I want to talk a little college college hoops. Obviously with the NIL and the transfer portal, we are in an unprecedented era right now in college basketball. Unlike you know, and I, I don't know I, I, is the toothpaste completely out of the tube. Can you ever go back? to where things were in in the sport, in terms of, uh, and maybe 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 kids deserve to be paid. There's no question kids deserve to. In my mind, the kids deserve some money. I'm going to go the other way though on the transfer portal. That that was a huge mistake. I, I just can this can, can this ever be put back to where it was?
3: It's it's a huge look. Maryland's recruiting some guys right now that they have to try to get through grad school because otherwise they can't. I'm not going to say their names, and I hope they come. Because they've already transferred once. And, like, I, it's funny. I was going to lead with you. Naki and I were both Greek and both coached. He went to America and I played a Catholic. He, we both survived Gary Williams. And I mean that in the most, you know, sincere way. But it was a survival-based, you know, ideology. Um, we love Coach Williams, but we both are been around him. You better be on your game on and off the court around Gary Williams. Well, the transfer thing, because Gary could get on you, You know, you just – kids would have left because they wouldn't have had time to sink in or said, I can't leave or this is a great situation just because maybe he got on you about trying to be a really great player, which is what he made people into. I think the transfer thing – I am so with you, Naki, that the the NIL – here's the thing to me, Chris. The NIL and the transfer thing, even though they're not related, are related. Like, if we're going to let them transfer and now we're going to give them money and I know they have to do some things for the money or it could be for charity – the NIL, I was at the McDonald's All-American. I'm on, I'm on the committee. I work with Joey Wooten and his wife, Terry Lynn. They run that McDonald's game. I'm fortunate to be on it. That was five weeks ago, Chris. It feels like five years ago, Naki. Like, things have already changed, and guys have recommitted. Guys have left. Guys are getting more money to transfer from places like Kansas State to Miami. In five weeks, Coach Naki, it felt like that's already changed. The transfer thing, I hope – if it's here to stay the transfer, I really hope they make it difficult for undergrads to transfer twice. Like you can't just let them keep having free agency because that, along with paying a kid and everybody's hearing about the bigs. This is what I was going to get with you, Chris, because you coach Catholic, U, division three. Okay. I coach to loyal in Siena American, U in DC, would you have taken a kid from say Georgetown and Maryland, Chris, and said, you're not playing much. And you were supposed to make 50 grand, but now you're not playing. So you don't make any, Would you pay a kid 15 to 20 a low number to go to a prestigious university like American? I just don't know where you're in the Colonial, by the way. Would you go that way,
2: Chris? I don't know where you find the money, though, at a place like American U. I think you're far more likely to find the cash, you know, at a a higher You know, obviously, right? But I'm
3: saying 15. Would do you think that's going to start happening with the small guys? Maybe, maybe. But but back to the transfer portal. I I look at it. I don't know. This thing's crazy. Combine combine the two things. To me, I don't know where it's going to end up. But I'm not sure it's going to be good. Well, you, 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 I look at the
2: transfer portal from a different perspective, in the sense that you know you were talking about a kid who's disgruntled because you know Gary Williams yelled at him, that sort of thing, and he moves on. I look at it from a mid-major level where you've developed a guy, you've turned him from a, you know, from, you know, you found a diamond in the rough and you turned him into a diamond after two years and he's led your team and your league in scoring 22, 23 points a game. That kid is going to be chased or chased by every power five school in America. Right. Who would that have been
3: for you, Chris? For me, Brian Gilgis, I had a kid, Brian Gilgis who played, a great player played yeah. Ross who played for who? Tap? Frank played for tap.
2: Frank Ross played for tap. Brian played for tap for one year, and me for three. And those guys would be right. long gone.
3: Long gone. You had no chance of keeping them. They yeah. were going to they were going anywhere in the anywhere in the country though, because they were, you know obviously both played close to the NBA. No, Frank made it. Yeah, Sienna had a kid, Brett Bisping. You know, Greg Manning's my assistant, who's now with the Maryland staff. That's his father's name, Manning Senior. We talked about that. All these kids that we developed at Loyola, and at Loyola, I had some transfers, like Andre Collins and Gerald Brown, and I rest his soul, Amari Israel. That's different. But I had some homegrown kids that turned into really good players. Ryan Oliver could shoot the three. He was 6'5". He's now on the uh, UC Davis staff. He would have been gone. Brett Bisping, all-league player. He's like a 6'8", four-man that can shoot. Gone. They're all, they all gone the minute the season ended at that level, Chris. No doubt. That's why I asked, I asked if it was you and I, would we say, let's go get the seventh and eighth man on the bigs? And do they even want to take a pay cut to play? In other words, we could have a whole three hours on this, Chris. What's more important to the young men today? Playing? Clearly, it should be a degree. I get that. Playing time. Then how are you going to get to play at the next level, whether that's overseas? But if you're not playing, how do you get any better sitting on the bench at Maryland? Uh, but now I'm like, I'm making thirty thousand dollars. I don't want to leave it. I don't want to use Maryland as an example of it could be anywhere: Arkansas, Kansas State, Texas Tech, anywhere. I'm making thirty grand. Well, you don't want to come to lovely American, View playing in the Patriot League. Back when you were in the CAA, it was an easier sell because the league was really tough, and you could get to the pros from there. But even the Patriot League, you don't want to come here, get your degree, meet people, change your identity to where you're going to be a businessman, work for someone like Junior Bridgman, but you get to play 30 minutes a game at American University, one of the most beautiful places in the country to go to school. I want to know if that's going to if that's coming next, Naki, because everyone's it, only talking about the little guys getting raided by the bigs. Well, why can't the little guys raid the big guys?
2: Yeah, well, maybe so. Maybe Okay, exit question for you, Jimmy. Okay, looking at the Wizards. Uh, Sorry
3: we were all over the place, nah, but that's so, what we do. That's
2: okay. You're, so looking at the Wizards, you do a lot of – you know, uh, TV work for them. Um, it seems to me, outside looking in, that one of the things on the on, at the top of the wish list for me is to get, for them to get a point guard. For them to to get a point guard. Now, is that something you've seen a lot of the perspective? The guys at yeah. the top of the draft, the top 15, 20 players, is that something you would more like to find through the draft or through free agency?
3: That is a great question. The Wizards, as if the, if it was today, they're picking tenth and fortieth. Mm-hmm. Tough at forty. Might be able to move up. I love Kennedy Chandler from Tennessee. He played fantastic against Longwood in the first round. but I saw him lose to Texas Tech in the Garden, and I saw him lose uh, to Michigan. Kennedy Chandler, you can't pick him at 10. It's too high. I love Johnny Davis. I'm a big Johnny Davis guy. I think Ivy will be gone. You would agree with that, Purdue. Look, it's Jabari Smith. It's Chet Holgram. It's Paolo Bancaro. Should they package a guy and move up? None of those guys are really point guards. I think Beal can play some point. I really do. I thought KCP was really good down the stretch playing the two. He's not a load management guy. He plays defense. I saw Beal play some point this year. I'm encouraged, but I'm a huge Beal guy, so I'm the wrong guy. I love Beal. I just, you got to watch him coach in the summer. Caleb Love for Carolina played for the guy on AAU. He knows the game. He sees it like a coach. Maybe Beal can play some point. But is there one of 10? There's not really a no, point guard. No, no. Most, of the, most so, of the top
2: 15, 20 guys are are, are non-point guards and largely wing-type players, you know?
3: Largely wings, which we kind of have because Kuzma can fly to the three. Rui started shooting threes. Rui really improved. You my, I'm not Tommy Shepard. I don't speak for him. He's probably going to call me. They don't even be talking about us on the air, but I love Tommy Shepard. But let's face it, Chris. You got Corey Kispert, Rui Hachimura, Danny Avdias, those are your picks the last three years, right? Yeah. They're pretty good picks. And now you got the 10th pick this year, say it's Johnny Davis. I think you should package a couple of those guys and maybe put, trade for a proven point guard. Ish Smith's awesome backup. I think Neto's contract's up, Thomas Bryant's up. I love Ish Smith, and you know him because you covered him when yep. he was at Wake. Yep. Ish is really cool as the backup. Now, you got a lot of assets in the 10th pick. Now, what if we hit the lottery and go to three or four? Like, it could happen. You know, that's how it's called, the lottery. And they're due to hit. I'm not saying the percentages in their way, but they're due to <laughs> hit because them. they haven't hit. Yeah, yeah. Well, they haven't hit. They've picked 15th, 9th, 9th, and 15th. They've gone right on the number. Yeah. But there are people, Chris, out there, and I'm not saying it's James Harden, and I don't want Kyrie Irving. I don't know. Do you sign Jalen Brunson? And I, like I said, I'm sorry. We could do this all night. But as you watch colleges, did you see a guy that you thought could come in and play right away? To me, Maybe you drop down and do something different where you swip some blobs and get Kennedy Chandler twenty twenty two. You know, there's different guys out there. Guys are coming back. Maybe you get a guy from Dallas that did. I mean, from Denver because Murray's coming back yeah, and they got cap yeah, rooms. Yeah. Like there's moves that need to be made that way. Yeah. Or do you stay internal and try and go? But I do not see a point out at ten that I really like that much, and that's a, and that's an issue, Chris. I tell you, who I hope they sign as an unrestricted free agent is Eric Ayala. And see what he does in camp. What do you think of that? Wow, that's a wild card right there. I, 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 I mean, I bring him in. I'm not saying he gets drafted, but remember, twenty percent of the NBA was not drafted. Yeah, you know, like they make it. Yeah, I'm an ILA guy, but you need, you do need someone, Chris, I, to play the point. I, I do like, the I best. do like
2: the Chandler call, but you're right, not at ten, not at eight, not anything. I mean, yeah, it's, he's he's not, and, and I worry about Who's his your size.
3: Favorite point guard in the Big Ten, Chris. Hey, let me give you one. How is the kid from Ohio State? Branham. he just didn't play well when I saw him. How good yeah, is he? Yeah, he's
2: good. Uh, he's young, man. I mean, he uh, obviously you're betting on the upside there. Is uh, last question Jimmy, is is Jaden Ivey perceived to be a guy who can be a point guard?
3: I I, I don't see it. I I don't either. think Blake Wesley from Notre Dame, but you watched him more than I did. What I don't like about Ivy, and I know he's talented, man, was he up and down and I didn't like that Super Bowl performance, yeah, you know. I, I You've seen him more than me. Do you think he can play the point?
2: Uh no. No, I don't. I don't. But I see him on boards listed as a potential point guard, which surprises me. But
3: I'd probably rather try Johnny Davis. Johnny Davis is a little like Doc Rivers combo you know? Mm-hmm. I'm not saying he can turn into it, but for me, I'm saying my starting lineup's deal at the one, KCP, Kuzma, Porzingis, probably either Rui, and then you can see what you can happen there. But, like, they got some pieces if you want, but – what Kuzma did this year in KCP, they won it with the Lakers. Nope. I'd throw them out there with Beal. Nobody presses anyways. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Because that's, li- that's, your, that's your best lineup in my mind. I like Gafford. I like what they're doing. But I, I can tell you this. I'm going to close with this. Tommy Shepard's done a really good job in two years of cleaning up a lot of messes and a lot of extracurricular – not extracurricular problems, extracurricular like cap room money problems – they're as free and clear as they've ever been. So let's go get one more great player and see uh, if we can get back in this playoff mix.
2: That is something you and I can agree upon. Thanks for the time, Jimmy. Really appreciate it. Enjoy I'll see you the best, Chris. Thanks. Enjoy the weekend. See you. Hi, Jimmy Patsos, and uh, he does such a good job. Uh, you know, doing the Wizards stuff. And Donald, can he go or what? Oh yeah, definitely. But it, I love his energy, though. Yeah, he can go. I love it. Yeah, and he he loves him some ball too. He you know he, he's. Every time I go somewhere, you know, whether it's a Maryland practice or whatever, it seems like uh, Jimmy's there or, or scheduled to be there. You know, I rarely beat him to, to, to any of these things either. All right, we got to pay some bills here. And when we come back, I want to talk a little bit about a Jason Locken and a piece about the NFL. Um, Ten bold predictions for next season, which uh, some of which are very, very interesting. All right, Donald Hankerson, Chris Knocky with you. The name of the show is Overtime
0: on 106.7 The Fan. All right, back here, 106.7 The Fan and Odyssey app.
2: Chris Knocky, Donald Hankerson with you. Overtime's the name of the show. Thanks to Jimmy Pazos for joining us on an extended segment. All Jimmy, all the time. Steve Buckhans joins us at the top of the hour, former Wizards play-by-play guy, 22, 23 years with the club, but also uh, used to work, uh, obviously, at Channel 5, well-known guy around town, and uh, still a guy that you see at all sorts of sporting events around here. Uh, Philly has jumped all over Miami early in this game. 16 to 8 advantage for the Sixers right now. And uh, Miami's struggling to score just a little bit early on. Uh, you know, uh, Jason Lacanfora does a really nice job writing on the NFL for uh, CBS Sports. And uh, he came out with an article, uh, I believe it was today, and it was basically a, um, a pre- prediction you know, 10 predictions for next year's NFL season. Ten bold predictions, I guess, is what he said in his uh, uh, in the headline, and um, you know some of them I think are fairly obvious and not re- ner- not really hot takes. You know, I mean, uh, he one of his takes was that Deshaun Watson will play fewer than eight games. I mean, obviously, that the hammer's about to fall. I think on Deshaun, NFL has to do some of that. Uh, Browns will eat twelve million dollars of Baker Mayfield's contract. They're going to have to do that largely because there was no market for Baker at this point in time. Um, Patriots are in trouble, and that's one of his takes. uh, And I think that's true, especially after the draft they had. But one of the things he had, which I thought was really interesting, was his prediction, Donald, for MVP of next year is Russell Wilson. And, you know, it's – He's not breaking any news to to suggest that a quarterback is going to be MVP. That's just what happens. Well, you know, whether it's Brady or Rodgers, Rodgers won a couple, obviously, but his point isn't so much that, uh, um, you know, that, that Russell Wilson is a guy in his prime, but his point is, is that he will now have the shackles taken off of him. The Pete Carroll shackles. You know, Denver has a new quarterback, a new court, coach, excuse me, Nathaniel Hackett comes over from Green Bay, and Lock and Four's whole premise, his whole thesis is that Hackett is going to skew everything towards Denver's passing game, and that it was never that way in Seattle. And as a result, he's just going to get a hell of a lot more opportunities to throw. Now, obviously, one injury, I mean, like, for instance, this year, where Russ, uh, Wilson had that terrible uh, ring finger fracture on his throwing hand. And um, I think he missed six or seven weeks for sure. So one injury d- derails all that. But, uh, but it's uh, again, it's a pretty good take. I-, I like it. You know, I mean, in locking fours, obviously he covers the league on a regular basis. But it got me to thinking, well, if Russell Wilson is his pick, who's Vegas picking? Because you know you can bet on this already, Donald. You know
4: that, right? Oh, yeah, definitely. You know they're on it.
2: So who's Vegas picking? I got it here.
4: Oh, do you? Yeah, you yeah,
2: have I any? Who's your? I mean, you obviously at the top of the list. You round up the usual suspects, right? Right. Rodgers, Mahomes, but the number one guy, Josh Allen.
4: Wow. Okay.
2: Yeah, and that's a consensus, really. Um, you know, they've they've improved the receiving core up there. They've uh, and uh, he's a terrific player as it is. Allen at plus seven hundred. Mahomes followed by Brady. Rodgers, Herbert, Burrow, Stafford, Prescott before Wilson, which surprises me. I mean, and I thought the bloom was off the deck rose a little bit in terms of the perception. Now, never give up on a guy that young, that talented. And he's also got a core of guys. He's got guys to run the ball. He's got, you know, certainly got, Uh, wide receivers, even with the trading of Amari Cooper. He's got guys. He's got plenty of guys. So, um, it surprised me a little bit that uh, Wilson is that far down the list on most of the Vegas boards, uh, particularly with given Lock and Fora's rationale, which I think is pretty sound. You can tell me, Donald, who the first non-QB is on that Vegas board?
4: Hmm. I, I don't know.
2: The king. Derrick Henry.
4: Makes sense. Yeah. John
2: John Taylor, Jonathan Taylor, you know, right behind him. Those are really the only non-QBs on
4: the board. Yeah, I guess I was I guess Henry didn't come to my mind just because of him, you know, the injury and things like that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
2: I I think this time last year, I think Chase Young was getting some love on the boards as a possible MVP candidate. Yeah. I did not see and I looked pretty far down the list. I did not see any defensive players on there, but uh, and and so you could. I mean, if one were to win one, I don't know where you would go with that one. You know, but uh, uh, it's kind of interesting, and this is all fun, you know. And I I, I respect Lock and Four. That's the one. That's a pretty sound pick right there. Obviously, you know, with a with a uh, Russell Wilson look and to sort of not that he has to regenerate or rejuvenate his career because he's still in his prime. Most Hall of Fame quarterbacks don't get traded in their prime a lot, right? I mean, that's a rare and unusual occurrence. So to have him in Denver, I mean, what a what a win for for the Broncos without question. All right, got a couple of things we want to get to before the top of the hour. Steve Buckhans joins us at 8 o'clock. Chris Noggi, Donald Hankerson. Name of the show is Overtime, 106.7 The
0: Fan, and Odyssey app. This is Tony Kornheiser's show. I'm Tony. You
2: expected someone else? So what exactly is the show about? Hmm, I don't know. It's a sports show nominally. Football's over, but we're finally at a point where things matter in college basketball and baseball season is on deck. Greatest three words in the English language, pitchers and catches. We have some of the best voices come on and explain what matters or what makes an upset, like Ryan does, 9 <laughs> over 8. No, that's not an upset. No, yeah, it is, Bob. <laughs> And if you're lucky, I might just tell you about my search for discounted sleep pants or my worries about what my dog just ate. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your
0: podcasts. All right, we're back. Navy Yard area
2: right by Nats Park. Chris Naki, Donald Hankerson with you till 9 o'clock. Nats coming on. Now it's getting ready to take on the Angels out in Anaheim. And uh, you know, it's interesting, Donald. I, you know, there are certain guys who uh transcend their sports. And, you know, you you got the Tiger Woods, obviously in golf. You got all the, you know, LeBron still, I think in the NBA is that guy, one of those guys. Uh the the legend of Shohei Otani lives on and on and on. It just gets bigger and batter all the time his performance at Fenway Park was one that had everybody kind of wagging their tongues a little bit so he starts as a pitcher and uh it's 11 strikeouts not bad right he also is a hitter it's a hundred mile line drive off the green monster 300 380 foot single Mm -hmm. and for anybody who saw it I mean it was an absolute laser a, a bullet and Joe Madden had some interesting quotes after the game. and his, it, basically his quote was, "Don't take this for granted. This is something, and this is Joe Madden who, uh, you know, uh, you know, I, I think Joe can be a little bit of full of Joe. There's no question about it. But um, his quote is, you just don't ever take this sort of thing for for granted in terms of the level of performance. In fact, let me pull up his exact quote. I hope you don't start taking that thing, that kind of thing, for granted, like it's old hat. Angels manager Joe Madden said of Otani's skills, "It's just so unusual, it's otherworldly on this level of this game." And it was an eight to nothing win for the Angels. This is on a team with star power, and he has eclipsed everybody, including the guy who everybody thought was the player of his generation in Mike Trout.
4: Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's amazing. And obviously he gets a lot of comparison to like, you know, a Babe Ruth and things like that. And obviously we, you know, none of us were able to see that and just, you know, to see what he's done and, you know, to draw those type of comparisons to such a legendary figure. And those who are historians of the game saying that, you know, they've never seen a player. There's never been a player like, like Otani. It's, it's truly amazing what he's done. And then to your point on a team that's, you know, pretty stacked and, you know, he's not, he's not out there alone. So yeah. 17 and 10 right now for the angels,
2: obviously a nice turnaround from last year. Last year was a bit of a lost season for them, given some of the injuries that they had, particularly to Rendon and to trout. I, uh, I, I I'm sort of torn by, you know, I like, I like baseball. I've always been a big fan and, uh, and I, I love the World Series. I love October. I love the postseason in baseball. I think it's there's a lot of drama to it. I just really am hopeful that it, we're not looking at a Yankees and Mets World Series. I, I you know I mean and and that's that's just the fan in me. I'm not I've got no love for for the and I got no love largely because I, I'd be happy to see Max Scherzer be successful. That would be the one subplot in this that I would be I would be cool with. But I the whole notion of, of having the payrolls, the bloated payrolls that they do, and the same thing you know, while I can't stand the Dodgers, I do like the dichotomy of a I like the sort of the, the, the bicoastal series. you know, the notion of like a Yankees Dodgers, right? And not just because they're the two marquee teams in the sport, just the nature of East versus West, Celtics versus Lakers, right. It's the same sort of a, sort of a notion. But, damn, would baseball love that? A Subway Series? Oh, yeah. I mean, I don't know if America would love it. I mean, does it does it sell in Oklahoma City? Does it do people? I, I mean, I, I don't know that. But ESPN, you know, the, the uh, whoever would be showing it, whether it's TNT or uh, ESPN or whomever, Fox, it would be Fox, shows the World Series, of course. Um, They would lap that up with a spoon.
4: Yeah, but to your point I guess, you know, yeah, regionally, you know, I'm thinking, you know, with the scheduling of the games, those who are out on the west, they're going to have to wake up super early probably or you know what I mean? Yeah. I'm thinking about the timing of the yeah. of the games as, as well. As it is
3: they
2: time it so it, unfortunately and all all pro sports do this now where kids can't watch it because they they they're, they're on so late for kids on the East Coast, not on the, not on the West Coast, but uh, which is which is really unfortunate. But um, I, I just don't. And I, by the way, on that note, <clears throat> it'll be a World Series without Joe Buck. Yeah, right. So, like, and he, I, how many in a row has he done? Sixteen, seventeen, at least.
4: Yeah, something like that. Yeah,
2: you know, with various partners, and uh, he has become. Oh, I mean, for that matter, he's not doing the Troy. Troy Aikman gig either, you know the the whole CBS, you know the matinee game, the uh, the four o'clock four twenty five game, or the right. big game for CBS. Mm-hmm. So, or for Fox rather, excuse me, not CBS, but um, but so the, it'll be a, a different animal. I just I watch the Yankees win, reel off eleven in a row. I see the the Mets have a miraculous comeback to win a game, and there's a part of me that thinks, damn, do we have to really go through that this year. <laughs> And I I I don't know. I've never really hated either team. I just uh, I don't know. I'm not I'm not buying the subway series. I, in fact, the whole interleague play that they do, you know, and the fact that those guys play each other every year during the course of the season. Right.
4: That's enough for me. <laughs> and that's all you need I'm to see. I'm totally
2: good. I'm totally good. <laughs> yeah, I've got uh I I got my fill at that point in time. All right, when we come back, Steve Buckhans and I don't need to go over his resume. Most Washington fans know Steve well, and uh, Buck's been around here forever and a day. He grew up in Arlington. He, uh, you know, he, he he toiled at some minor markets before coming to DC as a Channel Five guy on Fox Five, and spent some time there before, uh, you know, very successful guy. And by the way, he was the guy who broke the news that Joe Gibbs was retiring for the first time, and uh, that was big news indeed. That was back when people actually cared about the football franchise in this town. and uh, But Buck, I spent 22, 23 years with the Wizards and uh, did a great job there. Should still be doing those games, actually. But anyway, we'll get a chance to visit with Buck. Nat's coming up at 9.05. Nat's pregame at 9.05, first pitch, 9.30. Chris Naki, Donald Hankerson, the name of the show is Overtime, 106.7 The Fan and Odyssey app.
0: How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix.